0: Day brings us closer, closer to the moment when the
1: next generation of NFL stars learn their destiny, and franchises try to lay the foundation for the next dynasty. Whippy Whippy this is first draft. Now, alongside NFL Draft Insiders Mel Kuiper Jr. and Todd McShay, here's Chris Brown.
2: Been a crazy few days, guys. I'm Chris Proulx here with Mel and Todd for First Draft. It's been a crazy few days of not free agency and then free agency. And then we had a big pro day yesterday. And I have ingeniously figured out a way to tie it all together. The New York Giants, who we know are going to need a quarterback, probably needed one last year, now have two picks in the first round, Todd McShay. You were out at a pro day yesterday in Oklahoma and I hear there were a bunch of Giants there. So let's tie this together a little bit. What were they seeing from Kyler Murray? And do you see that this is obviously a case where this team's going to have to get up to one or two to get this guy?
0: I don't know that it's obviously the case. I mean, I, I I think anyone outside of people that are in the know with the Cardinals organization, you know, if they say that, they'd they'd be lying or... Stretching it because no nobody definitively knows what's going to go on at the, at the top. Now, the, everyone I talked to in the at the workout was saying the same thing as as I was hearing at the combine that the the Cardinals thing is is real. The interest is real. But then, why are the reports out there that that teams have been reaching out to them about Josh Rosen and they haven't been? They haven't put up any offers or really have any, had any discussions about that. They basically shut it down. So Adam Schefter reported that. So it's kind of a, a mixed bag of information up at the top. But the the interest appears to be real from based on the people I'm talking to. I don't know if it's going to come to come to fruition when it's all said and done. I mean, that's just that's where we are in the process right now. If you're the Giants, what you've got to decide. And part of the process was sending a whole, uh, you know, a whole group of, of their decision makers and some of their top guys down to uh, down to the pro day and and watch the workout. But I got to tell you, I, and I say this every year, I don't want to devalue what we do on on television and and all of that. But the passing session is probably the most overrated thing in, that we. Do in the, you know, scouting that and the 40 yard dash for quarterbacks. I mean, you're throwing on air in a scripted session. It, it's valuable, I think, for coaches who maybe are getting to see him for the first time live. But other than that, you know, I just look at it as it's an opportunity to be down there, talk to Lincoln Riley a little bit more, get a little bit more information from guys in the league and move on. So, um, anyway, long short, you got the Giants at six. They met with him last night after the workout, so that's why they were down there. Arizona did not show up. They did you know they sent a scout, but they didn't they didn't send any of their top guys like Steve Kime, the general manager, Cliff Kingsbury was not there, the head coach, and so I wouldn't look into that either too much. I mean, last year we saw John Dorsey, the the GM of the Browns didn't go to Baker Mayfield's workout. And he, they wound up taking him number one overall. And he was at other quarterback workouts that I was at, too, including uh, Sam Darnold and Josh Allen. So, you know, don't read into it too much. I think the the Cardinals are planning on having their own individual meeting and individual workout with him uh, moving forward, and that could play a part in what eventually happens. But talking to Kyler, and I know I'm on a rant right now, but talking to Kyler yesterday, I said it on the air, it seems like he – is a guy that has the answers to the test. Like he's not worried. He's very confident. Maybe that's just his demeanor. I haven't spent a lot of time talking to him. But it's almost like he knows that you know, there are a couple teams in the top 10 that are interested in him and that he's not going to be waiting a, a whole a whole bit long for uh for his name to be called on that first night on April 25th.
2: Mel, if I know you caught some of the pro day yesterday, mm-hmm. um you know the, the the top of the board has it changed at all in your mind based on free agency thus far.
1: No, I don't think so. I think in terms of this whole thing about the Cardinals, it's more. I think the question is, would we? And I can always ask, would you make that move? And I ask that to people in the league. And you if this were you picking one, would you take Kyler Murray and try to build a consensus that way rather than speculating? Are they? They know nobody else does. Last year, Darnold was sitting with the owner at his pro day. Uh, at the parents of, of Darnold were sitting with the owner during Sam Darnold's pro day. And John, as Todd said, John was at Josh Allen's pro day and Sam Darnold not at Mayfield. So again, you can't worry about all that prediction stuff. Whatever happens, happens. It's more of, Would do we agree that if you're the Cardinals, would you take Kyler Murray and trade Josh Rosen? Or just go with the number one pick, make a pick, or trade that pick to the Giants, get the 6th and 17th pick, and move on that way with Josh Rosen. So I think that's the question we'll get to today. But in terms of free agency, a lot of activity, obviously. We've been obviously keeping track of that um, more so than a pro day. Uh, when you look at the teams that have been very active, or the teams that have not. But I think in terms of the top part of the draft Arizona has not been impacted at all uh, you think about where the Giants are now they have some ammunition now Cleveland's in great shape with the way they're sitting Buffalo's made a lot of moves but in terms of impact Oakland getting the receiver there wasn't going to take a receiver there anyway so I don't think anything's changed in terms of, of mock draft Todd in terms of where we would put players but most people right now still have Kyler Murray going one to Arizona
2: Todd I'll let you get this started here um not specifically to talk about the quarterback situation, but, you know, the New York Giants over the last 48 hours have been described in various forms. Mess, it's discombobulated, where's the plan? And I get that you can't execute an entire plan in one day. You can't say, okay, Manning, Odell, everybody everybody but Saquon, we're going to start over. Um You can't do it in one day, but... As you look at this team now that has the 6th pick and the 17th pick, are you trying to parlay these picks into something more? Are you trying to actually move down now that the roster is being torn down a bit and just load up on overall talent? I mean, where do you sit as you look at this team as we start to play a little free agency draft dominoes?
0: I just I want to know what the plan is. That would be, if I was a fan for the Giants, I would want to know – what is the actual plan? Because if we're, if we're getting ready, read of our best player or second best player, maybe if you wanted to say Saquon is, we've stuck with this aging quarterback who's struggling and given the circumstances, we continue to try to upgrade our offensive line, it played well at times last year, but was not, I would not consider it one of the better groups in the league by any stretch. And now we've got these young ones like Evan Ingram. Um, Sterling Shepard, Saquon Barkley, obviously, but are we going to, how do you start a building process with a running back, knowing that the shelf life is not that, you know, it's not that long. So to me, I, and I've said this before, but if you're sitting at six, you've got to plan. If you're the giants, this is the last time in, in a long time that we're going to be drafting in the top 10 and hopefully in the first half of the, of the draft, that's got to be your mindset. Be everybody's mindset. Now, if, That's the, if that's the case, you, yeah, you can look ahead to next year to, to Tua. You can look ahead two years from now, but there's no guarantee that you're going to wind up being a team that, that, you know, that needs a quarterback that's sitting at one and you finish at two and, and you're, you're out of luck. So to me, I I would, you got to figure out which quarterback you, you like. And then you've got to go make a move in somewhere in the top top two or three spots in order to go get that quarterback. And it probably would be at number two after you see what the Cardinals do because the Cardinals probably are are going to say one thing but then go do another thing when it's all said and done. Yeah,
1: all You right. mentioned plan, and I'd like to get to that real quick, Chris. Uh, Tom, I don't know what the plan went awry last year because I think they felt like that going into the draft, we're not going to take the quarterback because we have our quarterback who's won two Super Bowls and took out Brady twice and all that. So I think they felt like let's build around Eli Manning by taking Saquon Barkley and we feel like we have everything in place. Well, they did. They overrated their talent around the quarterback. Barkley had a great year, but obviously a lot of other things were lacking. Now they trade a pass rush. They don't have a pass rush. You trade a pass rush, you get a guard. So the plan's gone. The plan they had for last year going to the draft is completely gone because they had a bad year. They thought they could get back to the playoffs. That was their plan, to build around Eli be a playoff team. Forget that. Now you look at where they are now. By not taking Darnold or Josh Allen, they're in trouble right now. Because had they taken the quarterback, then you are having positive energy and everybody knows you got your franchise quarterback. Now they don't have anybody. But Eli, and they're going to have to draft Murray or Haskins, who I don't think are as good as the quarterbacks last year. So, to me, when you look at where the Giants now I don't know they're going to get Murray because it could be an Arizona Cardinal anyway. So, yeah, I think the Giants right, right now don't have – the plan's gone. The plan that they had, tear that up. Now you start over. And that's basically what they're doing. Because if you go back to 2007, Todd, I looked at that whole thing last night, they've got nothing from the draft. Going into la- – up, up, up until last year, look at their previous drafts from 2007 to 2017. they got nothing. And that's where the team is right now. They're a team completely rebuilding. And they don't have a quarterback right now to move forward with. So, yeah, they're in trouble because the plan is gone. The plan was destroyed. And they don't have They have to have a new plan, whatever that is, basically saying we're going to rebuild everything and start from the ground up again. And that's what they're doing. So good luck on that one. But the plan that they had going into the last year's draft, done, gone. Guys,
2: I'm also really interested in the dominoes that have taken place in the AFC North with a small theory here. Antonio Brown is no longer in Pittsburgh, and Le'Veon Bell is no longer in Pittsburgh. But again, you look at the Steelers, and you see, okay, obviously Big Ben's there. You see Juju Smith-Schuster. You see James Washington. You see some pieces that are still there. You see a defense that might be getting better. Baltimore, the same thing. They lost some notable players But again, Baltimore for years has not been a team that's huge shoppers in free agency. Even the Earl Thomas deal was actually kind of a big deal for that franchise. So I guess I'm just interested in both of your takes in terms of how those teams approach the draft, uh, with, you know, this, you get this kind of a movement in one week and suddenly we, we'd like to have this conversation like the whole division's looking up at the Cleveland Browns, but the Browns have amassed a lot of talent. I don't know if they've just suddenly leapfrogged these other two teams. Mel, I know you're a close observer of the AFC North. Do you feel like these teams have leapfrogged? And as you look at Baltimore specifically, mm-hmm. um, what are you thinking? Has anything changed from a draft perspective from their usual best player approach?
1: Well, they've changed in this regard. I mean, the, the, the philosophy of the organization won't change. They are patient. Now, they jumped into the Earl Thomas thing. I thought it was a good signing. Um, they needed a playmaker. Uh, They didn't need Landon Collins. They needed a playmaker. And they got Earl Thomas, who when healthy is an ultimate playmaking safety. So I think that's a big upgrade or what they had with Weddle. Then you think about where Lamar Jackson's going to be. They're hoping he's the guy. And I say hoping because you don't know. He throws well inside. He doesn't throw well outside. And that's, again, mechanics. It's a coaching. We'll see if they can work through that. But he's a hard worker. They respect the heck out of him, players, coaches, everybody does. And let's see if he can make that go. Now, in terms of Pittsburgh, the old Killer B deal, two of them are gone. So, again, that organization is not doing things the way they used to. They gotta get back to that. Maybe by addition, by subtraction, they will here. Uh, we'll see on that. The Bengals are the Bengals. I think the Browns are where they need to be. You saw, uh, you know, the, uh, the article on ESPN.com, David Purdom did about, you know, all the betting. Everybody, everybody's betting on the Browns to win the AFC North. They're coming out here, betting them want to win a Super Bowl now. Now, is that overhyping a team? probably, and, and expectations are going to be high. How does this young team deal with that? But they got a GM who knows what he's doing. Let's see how this young coach does now that's in that position for the first time. But again, I said this two years ago, if John Dorsey did what he needed to do, they could own this division for 10, 12 years because they have the right framework and, and the right right foundation in place. The Steelers aren't going to have Roethlisberger that much longer. The Ravens don't know what Lamar Jackson is going to be, and the Bengals are the Bengals. So, again, everything is setting up perfectly for the Browns to own this division. I don't think that's overstating it, Todd. Uh, I'm Baltimore, and I'm saying it, so I'm not a homer here saying it. I think this is the Browns' division to control for 10 to 12 years, unless Lamar can be able to go toe-to-toe with Baker, unless Pittsburgh finds an heir apparent to Ben, unless Cincinnati finds an heir apparent to Dalton, because Dalton's a plateau quarterback. So right now, this is the Bengals' division, and they're the favorite right now to win it going into this year.
0: Everything you were saying about the Giants before, it's just the opposite with Cleveland. And that's it's really scary if you're one of these other three teams. I mean, Ben's 37. We saw at the end of the year, L- Lamar Jackson didn't didn't look like it looked like there was a solution to Lamar. And you know that every team in the off season, especially in that division, playing him twice, is going to go back and and study what you know what the Chargers were able to do and how they were able to contain him. And obviously, he's got to develop as a passer, but. If you're Cleveland, you got your quarterback last year instead of a running back. You actually got your running back too in Nick Chubb. You've got a kind of a chess piece guy in in Duke Johnson. Um, You've got David and Joku at at the tight end position, who looks like he's a a budding star. All of those guys, well, Chubb, Mayfield, Joku, um, Austin Corbett, your starting guard, all from the 18 class. Then you go in free agency and you bring in the you know bring in the two wide receivers back to back years. And then on the defensive side, really in the last three years with Garrett, uh, Joby, Emmanuel Ogbo coming and out of Oklahoma shoulder. State, I think yep. that was 16, but basically the last three years, uh, Denzel Ward at the cornerback spot, you have put together this team to succeed for the long term. And don't forget, the most important part of all of this, you've got no salary cap problems because of... Uh, because of the, all the young guys and the rookie contracts are, and especially Baker Mayfield, so that allows you to go make a deal with Odell Beckham and, and Jarvis Landry a year ago. So they have built this thing in two years in really impressive form. And it, listen, he came in. John Dorsey came into a lot of draft picks, and there was some young talent there. But the, the way that they have kind of capitalized on everything has been impressive.
1: And yeah, Another right. thing too, and real quick to finish up on this whole thing, they are doing what Seattle was doing. What they, they hey, we got Russell Wilson, let's go for it. We have Jared Goff situation, you got to go for it because then things change. Yep, the and I think what the Rams did is going for it. While we got Goff, we got that young quarterback, we got money to spend, let's do it. So Cleveland's trying to take that same approach with Baker Mayfield to go get it over the next three years, and that's their whole uh, whole deal here. That's what John Dorsey's thinking about every day. Kareem Hunt's going to be part of this team at some point, more than likely so you got a lot of pieces the running backs the receivers the line yeah defensively they got a couple things they would like to do there but they are well on their way so again this division has really flipped from a team that went Unbelievably, one and fifteen and zero and sixteen—not that long ago—got to seven, eight, and one. Could have very easily been a nine, ten-win team this past year. Now all of a sudden, we're talking about Super Bowl-winning team. It's pretty amazing. John Dorsey built Kansas City to where they are right now with help of others, no question about that. But he was the guy making the final call that allowed some really good players in that foundation piece, Patrick Mahomes, to be part of the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, what he's done in one-plus year with Cleveland is pretty amazing. John, I said all along, John Dorsey should be Executive of the Year. I know others are in that mix why wouldn't Dorsey be that guy you can have all these picks you want you know all the money you want do the the decisions bring you to to players that can play at a high level he hadn't missed yet he didn't miss in Kansas City much he certainly hasn't missed in Cleveland so give Dorsey a lot of credit
2: you know it's interesting too because people are going to say and rightfully so Pioli did a lot of work there was a lot of picks and stuff like that um for John when he got to Kansas City. Same thing. Sashi Brown, the strategy they were using. There was a lot of picks and things like that when John Dorsey got to Cleveland. Yeah, but they, but they had they came... a
0: lot of picks. They had a lot of picks during their tenure too.
2: Yeah, it, but and, and Todd, to this point, a lot of people thought the safe, perfect way to go for John Dorsey last year was Sam Darnold and Bradley Chubb. By the way, that would have worked just fine. But he had they had the conviction they went Baker Mayfield, Denzel Ward. They did it up and down the board. So again, exactly to your point, it's, it's one thing to say, Oh, Oh, you know, he had a lot of picks. It's not that easy to nail picks. Mel just showed me 10 years of New York Giants drafts where they didn't nail picks. And then one of them they had landing Collins is already out of town. So yeah, it, it's interesting because it's really easy to say, Oh yeah, look at all these assets. Man, a lot of teams turn a lot of assets into crap. So it's just not that easy.
1: No, that's very difficult. That's why I said this notion, just because you have picks, just because you have money, you're well on your way. The reason I said two years ago or actually a year and a half ago that the Browns, because I have confidence in Dorsey, he's proven. He's a proven big time GM. Okay, he, So, again, when you have somebody like that in place and you have the money and you have the picks, you hope that he can make get it done. And as I said, he's built two teams. He's built the Chiefs and he's built the Browns. So it's pretty doggone good. And like I said, that's the reason why everybody's now raving about the Browns. You can have all the picks you want. I said they had picks before. And teams have had a lot of picks. And look what they're, they're doing. They're just spinning their wheels and they're not getting anything done. So, again, they're ahead of the game because of Dorsey's ability to bring in quality personnel via the draft, via trades, via free agency, whatever vehicle it is to bring in personnel to that football team. He's done it better than anybody else has.
2: All right, Todd, i got to set you up here. This is interesting. If you look at one side of the football, you have a team that has a quarterback in Derek Carr. His weapons include Antonio Brown, Tyrell Williams, and Jared Cook, and then whatever's left of someone like Jordy Nelson in the passing game. But you also have... Trent Brown, can he sustain whatever happened last year in, in New England? We'll see, but they're going to pay him for it. Colton Miller goes inside to guard. You have guys like Rodney Hudson, Gabe Jackson, Donald Penn. I look at the offensive side of this ball and if John can get it together and they can get this thing done with Olsen, I think they can score a lot of points. The question is now with that stack of picks, what are they going to be able to do to maybe become, you know, like the Browns? A team that's more competitive, quicker than we think. Yeah, it's it's on
0: John right now. I mean, and that's where if you're getting paid a hundred million dollars, that's where it, it should be. <laughs> Fair, and that's where I assume John wants it to be. All the pressure on him to to now pull it all together because they have the pieces. That you know. I've never been a huge Derek Carr fan. I recognize there's there's talent there, but you've got to be able to protect him, you got to get weapons around him, and you got to get him comfortable enough that he'll hang in the pocket and throw the ball down the field. And now you know that there's a guy that he can throw to. And on paper, yeah, they upgraded their offensive line. We'll see if Trent now that he got paid is going to, you know, play like he did in a, a contract year last year with New England and if Colton Miller can make the move inside to guard. I mean, he's a tall, long guy, and sometimes that doesn't work out. So We'll see how it all comes together, but it's up to him and then Gunther on the defensive side. This team is still lacking. I mean, they, they need some more pieces. And I think that now the focus of this draft needs to, needs to really go there. And they've, they've got the picks. They can still take advantage. And I think that's what they've got to do is really in the next two years with all the first round picks that they have, five first round picks, they've got to be able to cash in. And I mean basically you use at least 3, maybe 4 of those picks on the defensive side. I don't know if John's capable of doing that, but if he is and if you hit on those guys, then all now you have the foundation for this this team moving forward.
2: Mel one, a couple more just quick free agency dots, free agency dominoes. I thought one thing that was pretty interesting is a team that stayed relatively quiet, maybe the team that was the most improved team in football so far, and that's the Indianapolis Colts. Um, you know, Ballard has had a really good run there over his first year on the job. And it's just interesting because, obviously, the defense got a lot better last year. They ended up retaining a guy like Marcus Hunt, who kind of broke through. Obviously, they struck gold with Darius Leonard. I can see this team, which still has a whole lot of cap space, doing some shopping from the second tier. They added Devin Funches. Is there anything else you see with this team as it pertains to free agency or the draft? Just because they're an interesting team in that they've stayed relatively quiet.
1: Yeah, they have. And they, they have a good foundation, obviously, ahead of the game, having the quarterback. And obviously, Andrew Luck now, after getting back and getting staying staying healthy and doing the things he did, uh, like the finished a little bit better, didn't go his way uh, in that final game against Kansas City. But I think you look at having Luck. Healthy and now they built around him. Uh, certainly, their draft last year for Ballard was outstanding. It was an A draft uh, with Quentin Nelson, Leonard, Braden Smith. Got a couple young pass rushers. Hines contributed. Wilkins. So they got a lot of guys last year that are going to be key entities. Uh, particularly a, a figure up front that is a key entity in Nelson and a big time linebacker. Todd loved them coming out and Darius Leonard the, was the reason why Roquan Smith the Bears doesn't hurt by taking Smith because you got Leonard in the second round after getting Nelson in the first. So everything went well that way with they have to do now is get a receiver. Funches. it's okay, but yeah, they need a big time. They got the seer back, the corner who had a really good year, so they re-signed him. Uh, so cornerback's you know good shape getting him back. Uh, but a, another receiver, I think wide receiver is a need. It's not easy to find receivers in the draft, but where they're picking may be able to. We've found second round receivers: Juju Smith-Schuster, Michael Thomas, and others have done a good job over the years. It's a pretty good second round, I think, receiver group with Debo Samuel, South Carolina. Nikhil Harry, Arizona State. We'll have to see about Paris Campbell, Ohio State, where he ends up. Where does AJ Brown, Old Miss end up? But I think the second round is going to produce some decent and third round as well, some decent receivers. That's where I think they need to, to get luck, some more weapons, not just have it all revolving around, uh, you know, a guy like T.Y. Hilton, uh, staying healthy with his size. Uh, you know, you want somebody to help Hilton out. And I think that's going to be their emphasis, even though they did bring in Funches. He's a, uh, okay. But, uh, they need, I think, to address that position in the draft.
2: All right, last free agency dominoes one I'm interested in. Todd McShay's thoughts on if the Jets have positioned themselves as possibly the second best team in the EAAFC East. No, we're not gonna we're not gonna put them uh as a challenger to the top just yet. But obviously Todd Sam Darnold looked great in December. They add Levy on Bell, that's a help. They swing a trade with Oakland to shore up the offensive line a little bit uh with Calache Otzamelli and then um obviously CJ Mosley big bucks paid him to help show up the the defensive side of the ball a little bit again this team's sitting there at three they need wide receivers that's not the place to get them is it? it could be a team that could hold somebody over the barrel in terms of adding draft assets if somebody wants to get up there for a Kyler um or a haskins I mean what what do you see the strategy is here to get this team to kind of that eight nine wins place
0: I think they have to take the best defensive lineman or defensive front guy, whether it's an edge, like a uh, Josh Allen, if that's the case, if somehow Nick Bosa falls in their lap, you just turn in the card. Uh, Quinn and Williams, I think would be a good pick too. I know it's not the biggest need for them, mm-hmm. but I think, you know, you, you bring him in because of the talent and you can never have enough defensive linemen and he'd be an upgrade over what they have and Henry Anderson could kind of help in a rotation there with McClendon and obviously Leonard Williams. So, I think you have to go with the strength of the draft early and then you pair it up with what you need, I think, on day two. Mel kind of mentioned some of the, the wide receivers. I think wide receiver is going to be a big spot. I mean, two, two of their top five needs that I had, they've taken care of with with Osemele and um, and, uh, and Le'Veon Bell. So. Now those are off the board. You got to get another pass rusher. You got to get a wide receiver. I still think that they could upgrade the center position. We'll see what they do about that moving forward. But I think you know another offensive lineman as well on day two or early day three. But that's kind of the route I would go. I'm, I don't maybe Paris Campbell somehow falls to you or AJ Brown from Ole Miss at wide receiver early in the second round. Uh, Debo Samuel from South Carolina certainly has the talent. So there's enough wide receiver. Depth in this class, where you could uh, where you could wind up getting a guy who could come in and, and help right away. Maybe not be a number one or even a number two, but just add some depth and a little bit of a different look. And just more guys for Sam Darnold moving yeah, forward.
1: Yeah, this division is going to be a fun division to watch as Brady retires at some point. He's going to be 42 when this season starts. Obviously, you can't go on forever, and you have Sam Darnold and Josh Allen look really good as rookies, and you have Miami without a quarterback right now that they are moving forward with. Uh, we'll see what happens there with the new coach, the Patriot way. We'll see if that all fits in and builds that team back up to where they want to be. But I think just having Darnold and Allen as the young guns in this division with Brady, as obviously moving moving on at some point into retirement, after being the best of all time, then this division still has the great quarterbacks. And then we'll see what Miami does. We'll see who the heir apparent uh, with Brady is. There's even talk about Rose in there. We'll see how that all unfolds there. But I think it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, you know, every week, every, well, Twice a year we're going to get Darnold and, and, uh, and Allen going at it. They had a great game at the end of this past year, so it'll be a fun division to keep an eye on as we move forward.
0: Right, what guys. are you going to do if you're Miami?
2: Yeah, it's
1: true. I mean, you,
0: you've basically <laughs> come out and said that you're – you're moving on without Tannehill. Brock Osweiler and David Fales are both free agents, and they're your, your top two backups. Jake Rudolph is is your fourth quarterback right now. So I I just, if they legitimately are tanking for Tua, then they're doing a hell of a job because <laughs> I just, I don't understand their, their plan here and, and what they're trying to do. Listen, I still think Tannehill can play, but you can't trust him. You've got to have another quarterback, and Brock Osweiler is not the answer. So, and I just—do you get the sense, Mel, that they're going to wind up packaging picks and going and moving up for one of these quarterbacks? It would make sense, but I, I just don't get that vibe from them. We'll see.
1: Yeah, I think the Drew Locke thing, uh, you know, Drew Locke, quarterback Missouri, would be a guy I think could be there, uh, for them, uh, you know, and, and make that pick and see where it it leads, uh, with, with Locke and that talented right arm. If it can all come together for him. He's kind of an enigma to me. I try to figure out Drew Locke is not easy. He's got the, the the powerful arm. Does he have the decision making and the consistency from an accuracy standpoint to, to bring it all together? He, He, he showed late in the year, midway on, that he can be a really good quarterback. Uh, when things are around him or in place, and, and and he can gain that that measure of consistency. But I think the I think the the Dolphins could be a team for a lock at that point. I, you know, if he's going to be there, and I know Mort was talking about some teams liking Lock over Haskins. It you only know, takes one to say that, and things happen and and change dramatically. There's one team to make that kind of pick. But I would think uh, you know to get Murray or Haskins, that's gonna. It's I don't know if they can get up that high because there's going to be competition. Yeah, right. You know to get up there with the Giants. I don't think the Giants will stand pat and just wait it out at six. I think they have the ability now to make a move and guarantee that they get one of those two guys
0: and I've continued to hear that the Broncos sitting there at 10 have interest in uh, Drew Locke so that Mm. that'll be interesting to monitor Mm -hmm. I mean you can't trust that Flacco is going to be the answer they've gone on too long without good quarterback play Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if, if he was if Locke is sitting there at 10 it would not surprise me a bit if John Elway pulls the trigger on him, because again, you can't you can't assume you're going to be drafting in the top ten every year. You've got a good enough defense. They got to figure out quarterback moving forward. And and Joe Flacco, I know Super Bowl MVP, but let's not live in the past. He's 34 years old, and he has not played well the last couple of years. So maybe he'll there will be a fire lit in Denver. Maybe things will come together, and he'll it's a better situation for him. But you can't assume if you're running this organization that Joe Flacco is going to be your answer for the next four or five years.
2: Guys, we're going to take a quick break here. Then we're going to jump into the NFC North Bears, Vikings, Packers, Lions on paper, about as even as a division as you can find across the NFL. It's going to be really interesting. Jump into that after the break. There's a reason half of business travelers do not use their company's chosen travel management platform. Booking business travel is still ridiculously outdated, time-consuming, and costly. Todd can speak to that. If you're frustrated with your company's travel (laughs) management program or lack thereof, you need to look into trip actions. They take the pain out of corporate travel with a complete solution that helps businesses save and keeps employees happy. The reason TripActions works so well is that it's the first travel management platform designed from the ground up with the road warrior in mind. It's easy to book your company's business travel from the app or the desktop. you got 24-7 proactive support around the globe and incentives for employees to save on travel expenses. Companies large and small see these over 90% adoption and save up to 34% on travel spend when they use TripActions. Companies from Lyft to Sarah Lee's Frozen Bakery trust Trip Actions with their business travel. Trip Actions rewards travelers for saving their company money, and they'll reward you just for checking them out. So reshape your company's business travel today with Trip Actions. Go to tripactions.com slash first draft, complete a 30-minute demo with Trip Actions account executive, and you'll get a $100 Amazon gift card. Hundred bucks. But it's this month only. TripActions.com dot com slash first draft for a free demo and a hundred dollar Amazon gift card. TripActions.com dot com slash first draft.
1: The Chicago Bears. The
2: Chicago Bears have been relatively quiet this week, and maybe that's a good thing finally. This is a team that was had some down years, a breakthrough team last year. The interesting thing is the defense looks incredible and you know the lack of activity you're going to see in this draft, you can go said. you know what, I think we like Khalil Mack. He's pretty good. I guess the question, Mel, is where else can they improve in this offseason? And, you know, secondary to that is the defense needs to be good. We still don't know exactly how high the ceiling is for the offense currently, which obviously is a question about the quarterback. And then Vic Fangio's gone. So you just kind of wonder. Those are kind of the interesting variables that you're facing going into this season.
1: Yeah, I think the team's well on their way because of Mitch Trubisky. Uh, He's going to be 25 in August, 25 when the season begins. He made a monumental leap from around 59% up to almost 67%. Touchdown interception ratio improved. Uh, the record went from four and eight as a starter to eleven and three. So uh Trubisky, if they can continue to improve at that position, he keeps getting better. Uh, he's the young gun in the division now. You got you know, cousins will be thirty-one when the season begins, Rogers will be thirty five is thirty-five, and Stafford's thirty-one. So he's a young quarterback, and they feel with he on the offensive side and Khalil Mack on the defensive side, you have your foundation pieces. They had a nice draft last year with Roquan Smith and James Daniels and Anthony Miller and others coming in. Uh they've a, you know, a few pieces in free agency. They got to get the kicking situation straightened out. Chris Blewett was brought in, but that's obviously an issue. you know, making that late, that late field goal to win those close games and move on. So I think offensive line, particularly tackle, get an upgrade there. Bring a young player in. Safety, Adrian Amos moves on. Corner as well. They could address a wide receiver. Another receiver certainly wouldn't hurt Trubisky. So uh, they're in pretty good shape. This football team to make a nice run over the next few years and be a team that a lot of people think, uh, if things fall right, could be a Super Bowl.
0: yeah and Matt Nagy and and the staff they've they've done a good job of slowly kind of bringing in more more weapons and some depth I mean they bring in Cordero Patterson who can only do one thing really you know but he but he's got speed and explosiveness to go along with um, Allen Robinson Taylor Gabriel Anthony Miller the second round pick from a year ago Javon Wims who's a seventh round pick a year ago and showed some flashes coming out of Georgia so they've You know, ironically, obviously Kevin White, the the Mm. 2015 first round pick, is the only guy that has not been at least producing and helping out, and they missed on that one. But that was a previous regime, and now it's time to you know they've they've moved forward. So I agree with you. I I think defensively is is where they they need to focus in the secondary, and I think continuing to make sure that they're they're going to be able to protect their quarterback and their investment in in Mitch Trubisky is is going to be key as well. Obviously, you've, you know, you're dealing with a, a very talented Vikings team. You got a Packers team that as long as Aaron Rodgers is theirs is, uh, is dangerous. And, you know, the Lions came on struggles last year, but with, with Stafford, they can, they can always bounce back and, and turn things around. So it's an interesting division. The Bears are certainly on the rise, but they need to continue to make steps forward even though they don't have a lot to work with in free agency or in the draft this year.
1: Yeah last thing on the Bears and we saw this with the Falcons when they went to the Super Bowl they kept their offensive line intact the only team to have the starting offensive line from mm-hmm. day one to the end and then Last couple of years, they've had terrible luck on the injury front. The Bears had really good luck on the injury front. Can that carry over to next year in the NFL? It usually doesn't happen. How they deal with that from a depth standpoint? Because, you know, it's tough to, it's, it's interesting. Two years back to back to have uh, you know, great luck on the injury front normally doesn't happen. We'll see about the Bears. That'll be at least something to keep an eye on this year. The Minnesota Vikings.
2: Todd, the Minnesota Vikings, at least on the offensive side of the ball, you think, you know what, this is going to be a pretty good offense if. They block for Kirk Cousins. If you do not consistently block for Kirk Cousins, the other team will catch the ball a bit. There will be turnovers. Um, they had a lot of turnovers on the offensive side of this ball, and it was a combination of interceptions and fumbles when this guy was not well protected. And again, there's also the added element that Dalvin Cook can be extremely explosive, again, if you can block a little bit. Um, where they're picking number 18 overall uh, does lend itself, at least in terms of how the board sets up, where offensive line could come into play. You feel like the defense is going to be pretty good. Uh, what do you see when you're just looking at this team, where they're going to be going in the draft this year?
0: Well, they've got, you know, they've got Anthony Bard decided last minute to come back. So that was, that's a positive. So they kind of keep that linebacking group intact. Defensive front is solid, good, not exceptional. Um, but I think they're in, in decent, decent shape there. They're really good in, in the secondary, I think. So to me, I think you've got to address the offensive line. I think you could add, add a defensive tackle if one falls to you, but the priority has to be offensive line. I mean, it, I've seen Rick Spielman out a couple times, and a couple times I've talked to him, and the focus is on offensive line. That doesn't mean they're going to take one in the first round, but clearly um, they realize and recognize that that's the area that they've they've got to get better. Dalvin Cook, where, where's the depth behind him? You know, Amir Abdullah, is, is he going to provide anything? Michael Boone, you know, and Dalvin Cook, the struggles that he has really for his career of staying healthy is, is going to be something that's important moving forward. They've got to find a way to manage that, whether, you know, part of the offseason training, nutrition, getting his body right, but also the the touches and trying to figure out a way to keep him on the field because they're they're a different offense when they have a healthy Dalvin Cook at
2: 100%. Mel, what do you see?
1: Yeah, I agree. I think the offensive line's got to be shored up. Kirk Cousins, again, the stat quarterback, he's at 70%. 30 touchdowns, 10 picks, and you can't win. Uh, he was at some near 70% with the Redskins in 2015. He was at 67% in 2016. He puts up the stats, but you know, winning games, beating the good teams, that has not happened. So do you have the right quarterback? And they hope that if we can surround him by a better line, but that's easier said than done. They
0: better, Mel. They better. I mean, you can't, you can't spend that kind of money and not have the quarterback. Yeah, and so he, three, if he doesn't three. make an improvement, and then this thing is is – Went from one of the best rosters and deepest rosters in the NFL to now they just can't bring guys back, a lot of guys back, and they don't have the same depth because they're paying that kind of money to one player. So he, he's the whole thing for Minnesota.
1: Yeah, it was Super Bowl or bust last year because if you figure, you know, Keenum did and that you moved the cousins, well, you better get to the Super Bowl. You got that. They couldn't even get as far as they did with the other quarterback. So this was a disaster. With the whole Kirk Cousins brought in for that kind of money based on, the fact, and it started to go awry when Buffalo went in there early in the year and just destroyed them. They didn't show up for that game. It's like, what's going on there? So some of this is on the coaching staff to say, okay, how can a team, you'd be a 17-point favorite over a team they couldn't protect their quarterback and had no weapons around their rookie quarterback, yeah, they go in there and they annihilate you. And you're never in the game. You're sleepwalking through that game at home. That made no sense and that kind of carried over through the rest of the year where they didn't get it done. So some of this is on that staff, but I think in terms of the line, three spots you got to get upgrades at. You need net, another receiver after Thielen and Diggs. What do you have? You mentioned running back. Murray's gone. Who's the guy in there with Cook? Can he stay healthy? Defensive tackle now they could use. So this is a team has, has an important draft coming up uh, to get this team back to where they want because right Right now, the Bears. About owning divisions, the Bears are, are right there. Green Bay. Anytime you have Aaron Rodgers, you got a shot to be right there. Anytime you have Stafford, Stafford's had success in the past. This is a team that, not that long ago in Detroit, we'll get to them in a minute. You know, was was right there. Thought they had Dallas beaten after going eleven and five. That was in two thousand and fourteen. They're a playoff team in two thousand and sixteen. They were nine and seven in two thousand and seventeen. So uh, again, uh, you have other teams in this division, three of them, that all could be factors if Minnesota doesn't start to get the most out of some of this talent that they have. The Green Bay Packers.
2: Oh my gosh, I can't even believe what I was seeing the other day. I ran into Lewis Riddick and I was like, what happened, Todd, to the Ted Thompson Packers where we could tell our Packers reporter, Rob Domofsky, could pretty much go on vacation this week because they were not going to be involved in free agency. They were going to draft and develop, and then it seemed like every five minutes this week they signed a defensive player. Zadarius Smith comes over from Baltimore. Preston Smith comes over from Washington. So you got your defensive kind of edge types in there. Then, I mean, they jump into the secondary. They take Mel. Who is Adrian Amos? I, I, where is he from?
1: He uh, would be Calvert Hall.
2: Calvert Hall. Mm-hmm. So Adrian Amos, a good a guy who really quietly was really good in Chicago. I mean, just all kinds of work on the defensive side of the ball and free agency, which I guess, Todd, this sets up the eternal question, which is, now they have two first-round picks. Will Will the Green Bay Packers actually draft a wide receiver weapon type in round one? I mean, it, doesn't it seem like we talk about this every single year? It's maybe this is the year because they got a couple of them.
0: Yeah, I mean, you would hope so. And it's a, it's a different regime, so different philosophy. We've seen that already, and and maybe we'll we'll see them pull the trigger. They pick at twelve, and then they pick at thirty. And, you know, I think a tight end is a possibility. Right now they, you know, they brought in Jimmy Graham, but he's aging, not the same guy that he once was. Mercedes Lewis, Lance Kendricks, I mean, they need a go-to guy. And I think a guy like TJ Hawkinson would, would be a good fit here. A wide receiver, maybe it's at 30, like a a player like Paris Campbell who can come in and and add some speed to that, uh, to that wide receiver core. I mean, right now it's Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, who's still a free agent. And, uh, Geronimo Allison are, are your top guys. So I, I'm, I'll be interested to see offensive line is another area that I, I think they could continue to add some depth and, and try to upgrade moving forward. But really it should be after what they've done defensively and so on like the Packers, but what they've done defensively in, in free agency, now they, they really have to get some weapons around, around Aaron. I mean, it's not going to last forever. Aaron's starting to age a little bit and, You've got to give him a shot in the final few years to, to really, uh, you know, to go out there and, and go after this division. And I think if you just get one or two weapons for him, it would make a world of difference.
2: What do you think, Mel? Is it going to happen?
1: Well, you know, I'd mentioned some of the issues they have uh, on offense. I mean, right now, wide receiver's got to be addressed. Even last year, was like, is Cobb going to play this week? What status, what's going to be with the injury? You know, now you don't know as far as tight end is an issue, offensive guard. Um, you know, the guys they brought in weren't exactly, you know, you think about Zadarius Smith coming off a really good year. Preston Smith, not so much. Um you know, you look at, at Rodgers at 35 years of age, coming off two years back to back, where it didn't go their way. And then of course he had the injury. So again, you're looking at a team now kind of the crossroads with Aaron Rodgers at his age. You gotta take advantage of this. You don't, you don't want to miss these opportunities when you have an elite quarterback, a Hall of Fame quarterback out there to not uh, obviously have a chance to, to win a division, move on and maybe get another shot at the Super Bowl. So, but they're, they got some holes to fill. They got some work to be done around Rodgers and they also have to hope these pieces are putting in place on defense, really always step up and live up to the kind of money they're getting. The Detroit Lions.
2: The Detroit Lions to me represent how the difference between 7 and 9 and 11 and 5 in the NFL, it's it it, it seems it, when you really go back and just look at a handful of games it can it seems so small. The Lions are kind of that team as Mel said over the last few years they've quietly if you go over a 5-year period Going back into Jim Caldwell's tenure, they've won a decent amount of football games. Um, Last year, it it kind of fell apart a bit. And it it is an interesting team going into this offseason. The offensive side of the ball is really interesting. Kerryon Johnson's interesting. Kenny Galladay looks like a star. If Marvin Jones is your number 2, you're not that bad at that position. Danny Amendola obviously has been added. You know the jokes are out there that it's Patriots Midwest, Todd. I'm just wondering what you see, where they can get better. Obviously, you know th- there's there's pieces here and there, but you just don't know if you like the whole 53. Yeah, I mean it was a
0: big step back. They're they're picking at number eight overall. They're kind of they're behind the you know, the Giants, and so I don't know how much action they're going to get for teams trying to move up. Maybe they will. But I look at them and, and there's multiple positions that they have to address so if you if you could move back and get multiple picks, that that would be the way I would go but edge edge is still a I, I still think you could add one even after Trey flowers and I like Trey flowers a lot, but I, I still think you could get another pass rusher. Um, I think the tight end position is an, another spot you still could get you know an, an upgrade Jesse James, but is that the answer you know is that you have enough there? I think weapons continuing to add. What is Dan, Danny Amendola without Tom Brady? And is is he going to work out for, for Stafford? Maybe he does. That's great. But they, they need more depth there. So I don't think they're done at those positions, even though the, they brought in kind of some mid-level guys to, to fill the holes. Trey Flowers is better than mid, mid-level. But for the other two guys, I, to me, they're nothing more than just mid, mid-level type replacements. And then I think corner, linebacker, still another – two areas that they could go in this draft and but probably more like later day 2 early day 3.
1: You know, what if you improved, you know, with, you know go flowers over now with gone. So you you're really you're just making up for a loss, you're yeah. not improving your team from what they Agreed. were. And I think that's the issue with the Lions. The Lions seem to be one of these teams that they always do some piece and then the other piece falls apart. There's never together, where the offense, defense, the line on the offensive side, everything's really come together. and They've been healthy. Guys that they thought were going to be good were all good at the same time. It's like they're, it's hit or miss. It's like they're all over the place. And some of it's bad luck. But they just haven't had it come together for various regimes now. And the one, one, focal point's been Matthew Stafford. He started 16 games the last eight years. Remember, he had a couple injuries early on his first Mm -hmm. year, second last eight years. The guy started every game and he's had wins. I mean, the NFL players love him. They've ranked him on the top 35 overall and top 100. Yeah, he's done a heck of a job when he's got some help and they trade away Golden Tate early on. You you say, you just destroy the season once you make that move. You say, okay, the season's over. You you make a move like, hey, take a weapon away. So, again, I I just want to see them Number one, get, a, get some good luck on the injury front, and have some of these moves pay pay dividends all at the same time. Because it, it seems like they flip flop back and forth on which side of the ball or what piece is better than the other. Can it all finally come together again? These these moves that they made are yeah, a lot better as a team. No, the draft's still going to be key to, uh, to how much improvement they show next year.
2: Hey, we got a stack of mail. A lot of it involving free agency. Todd, I'll let you start this one. Dallas Hyder at Salad Galore asks, does edge become the only option for the Chiefs in the first round after letting go of Houston, but then also moving on from D. Ford? um, A lot of people have speculated that the Chiefs uh, could be a team that could swing a trade for an edge rusher, but obviously in a draft full of them, they might have just been thinking, hey, let's go get it done there.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's certainly a possibility. I think the secondary is also – the the area that they've got to focus on one or two times probably in the first three rounds. I mean they've got to continue to get younger, faster and and more competent in the secondary as well. So those are really the kind of the, the edges or the back the back end and then the the edge position up front are the two spots that you've got to really address cuz they want to be they want to be aggressive and they're, they're going to get after it. So they've got to have guys in the back end that can hold up
1: yeah, I think Breland Speaks is going to be a key guy. Uh, yeah, they now they're a four-man front. Mm-hmm. He put his hand on the ground. You got Jones and Naughty inside. So I think they have some things they feel like with the new defensive coordinator coming in, Spagnolo, they can do differently. Uh, anytime you have Mahomes, you're going to be obviously a team that people are going to think are, is a Super Bowl caliber uh, football team for obvious reasons. But I think this is a team right now that still has some work to do. Uh, not just again, it's easy to say we have the quarterback. You know, we got a coach who can maximize the. It's all about the. Court, but still, everything else has to be at that level. It just can't be, let's let Mahomes be magical every year. You got to hope that the other places are as good or close to as good as you need to be. Uh, and right now they have some, some holes to fill.
0: And we've talked about it too, but with Spagnuolo, he's his defenses vastly fluctuate from year to year, depending on the edge rushers. You know, when, when they had JPP and Kiwanuka and all those guys, he, they were up in the top five in defensive, defense basically in the categories across the board because they, they had the depth and they could get the four man rush. But when they haven't, his defenses have failed. So I, I think to the original point, I, I think they've got to get that figured out and they've got to be deeper than they're used to being along that defensive front if they're going to have success on, on that side of the ball.
2: You know, and it's interesting to just to put a cap on it because this is such a fascinating team, but. You know, people are like, oh, they let go of Houston, let go of Ford. They they couldn't, they didn't get a, they didn't lay a hand on Tom Brady in the most important game of the season. And that's one of those things where you you don't want to just scout the last game, but you say, all right, well, let's, let's see here. Maybe we got to do something completely different if we want to beat that team that is keeping us out of it.
1: Yeah, just one last point on this, and think about how quickly things change in the NFL. When you had Tom Baha Lee and you had Justin Houston, right. and remember they didn't finish that game against the Colts. When Luck brought him back, they had that huge lead, uh, and the Colts ended up winning the football game. And then next year, you said, "Well, they need receivers, they need this, they need that." Well, they drafted uh, D. Ford in the first round, and to go along because they wanted to close games out and finish games out. Now, again, now we look fast forward, not that long from when that happened. Ford's not there. Houston's not there. Nobody's there. And now we've got a four-man front with a new coordinator. So it's pretty amazing how quickly the NFL changes directions.
2: This is draft nerdy, so I just got to throw it out here. Daniel Mendoza at the D-Man says, Todd, how much stock, if any, do you put into who a prospect, namely quarterback, works out with in the pre-draft process? He throws an example like Tyree Jackson, Locke, and Stidham are working with Jordan Palmer. Does any of this factor into this? thinking during the process
0: not really not to the thinking in the process it's more about i think if you're going to have a guy that you're working with in the off season, i think he's to me and i you know i shouldn't even say that from my experiences it seems like he's been the guy that's most successful and has has made the biggest difference okay and really in the last few years with most of the top guys so I think he's someone who like from a mental space area from understanding preparation, some minor mechanical things typically with your footwork and hips um, he he's able to help out a little bit and and improve these players and get them ready but that doesn't mean it like adjusts what you think of a player i mean I'm not going to all of a sudden after fourteen games of watching one of these quarterbacks go and make a you know, a a change in terms of what I, which quarterback I like over the other based on, he's working with Jordan Palmer and it looks like he's making some, some improvement. You're hopeful for the young man, but it's very different improving in a pro day and just throwing the ball against air versus when bullets start to fly. And, and you go back to your original mechanics because that's just kind of how we were trained individually.
2: All right. A couple last ones uh, as we're running along here, Mel, you can knock this out in two seconds. Joey at park seven, seven, six says, Hey, when the ravens let suggs and smith go are they did they resign themselves to taking a pass rusher in the first round
1: well uh, <laughs> you got some young guys that they still have there they drafted they felt very well last year uh, and we'll see how these guys like kenny young Inside linebacker out of UCLA, showed promise. Deshaun Elliott, the safety out of Texas. Got an undrafted free agent. Gus Edwards wasn't even drafted last year, so factor him into the draft as well. Did a really nice job, formerly of Miami, then of Rutgers. Uh, a lot of those guys are going be, to be key entities moving forward. And they got Mark Andrews. They felt like they stole in the third round, which they did. Can some of those young receivers step up? That's a positional need area right there is wide receiver. You think about the offensive line, interior, they could go that route wide receivers number one. You added Mark Ingram now with Gus Edwards so you don't have to go running back first round. The pass rushing situation, they've been able to get the, you think back back to Pernell McPhee, you think about Zadarius Smith, they've found guys, Matt Judon, they've found guys late that have been really good pass rushers for this football team. They've had a great history and a great track record of finding some of those guys late. They've had a terrible track record of drafting wide receivers and now they have to probably address that spot. So I would think helping out Lamar Jackson with some receivers He's beyond tight ends. They got Nick Boyle, who's a great blocker. Gave him a lot of money. You got Andrews. You got Hurst. They they hope can stay healthy. Banged up all year with a foot. So again, uh, get some receivers into this program. Earl Thomas, I thought was a heck of a signing. Getting Earl Thomas in. Ingram's solid. But again, uh, I think you're right. Pass rusher at some point. But as I say, late in the draft, they have been able to find some guys that have been steals.
2: All right. Let's end this with a very draft nerdy question. Good one for Todd. Joe at JDaddy52 says, with the Niners missing out on Odell, they have a need at their Z wide receiver. Shanahan said they need a young version of Pierre Garcon, someone tough who can go over the middle. Todd, anybody who fits that description that can be there in the second round for the Niners. Obviously, this guy knows as a draft nerd that the, uh, they're not going to go at really high top five at that position, but a second rounder.
0: Yeah. I, th- I think you go defensive front with with the number two overall pick. And then early in the second round, I think AJ Brown would be a perfect example. He's, he's made a living in the slot. He's made a living working over the middle, big, strong, thick, tough guy who I think is probably not going to be a first round pick, although he could be, but I think he could be available right there early in the second round. That's kind of where I've got him pegged going right now.
2: All right, guys, we're going to wrap up here. We hit a lot of teams today, a lot of free agency dominoes, Kyler, the NFC North, and a pile of your questions. It was fun. Guys, we will do it again next week. I think mocks are in the air. It should be fun. Um, but that is it for First Draft for this week. For Mel and Todd, I'm Chris. We'll see ya.
1: Thanks for listening to First Draft. For more great podcasts, check out ESPN.com slash podcenter.